From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. In 2020, suicide was the 12th leading cause of death overall in the United States, claiming the lives of over 45,900 people. Suicide is complicated and tragic, but it is often preventable. Knowing the warning signs for suicide and how to get help can help save lives. Here in the United States, if you or someone you know is showing warning signs of suicide, call or text 988-SUICIDE-IN-CRISIS-LIFELINE at 988. The Lifeline provides 24-hour confidential support to anyone in suicidal crisis or emotional distress. Call 911 in life-threatening situations. If you are worried about a friend's social media updates, you can contact safety teams at the social media company. They will reach out to connect the person with the help they need. The Veterans Crisis Line connects services members and veterans in crisis as well as their family members and friends with qualified Department of Veterans Affairs responders through a confidential toll-free hotline, online chat, or text messaging service. Dial 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 to talk to someone or send a text message to 838-255 to connect with a VA responder. Please seek the help you need. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. Does, what do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is podcaster and founder of Gifts for Glory Ministries and Well-Versed Comedy, Dave Ebert. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited to uh, come on and uh, and talk about the Bible and, and the crazy things that it says. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for coming on. Tell us a little bit about what you do, the ministry, the comedy, what, and the podcast. Holy cow. Yeah, uh, so we'll start uh, with the uh, the comedy. Uh, in uh, 2013, I moved uh, back to Chicagoland and founded an improv comedy troupe uh, that was it's designed to just uh, share uh, the gospel uh, by bringing people together and entertaining them, giving them something to laugh at that's clean and positive, and then uh, uh, point them to the foot of the cross. Uh, we don't do biblical humor because where it's improv, we'd never want to uh, mishandle God's word in that way. Uh, oh. So we just do clean comedy uh, just as a way to bring people together. And then uh, ultimately we point to the foot of the cross and uh, the Umbrella LLC is uh, Gifts for Glory Ministries, uh, which uh, that covers the improv team, that covers my improv coaching, as well as uh, the podcast, which is uh, twice monthly, where we uh, just invite people on to share their testimony and uh, tell about the exciting and interesting things that they do using their gifts for God's glory. What made you do the comedy stuff? What made you get into comedy? Well, I... Uh, I don't know how deep you want to go, but I mean, that's my testimony is um, for about 17 years, I battled uh, with depression, which included many uh, weeks, many days, many hours just contemplating suicide because hmm. I just wanted the, the pain to end. 
But I also knew that there was something wrong with how I felt, so I didn't want to let anybody in on that secret. So I hid behind uh, comedy, which has always been the thing that I do. I love hearing people laugh. And what started out as something I did as a kid that was just you know pure of heart uh, ended up becoming my mask, where I would never let anyone understand or see what I was battling. And so I, uh, you know, I figured if I could make somebody laugh, I could justify my own existence because I was adding value to the world. And uh, if I could add value to the world, then it would justify me not, uh, you know, taking my life at least for that day or a week. And that was my existence for about 17 years. Um, then when I finally let the Lord get a hold of me, he showed me that I was doing what he wanted me to do, which is entertaining people, uh, helping uh, ease some of their burdens. But he came in to change the why. Instead of hiding who I was and how I felt, I was. he wants me to use that to reveal who he is. Hmm. And uh, so uh, in my uh, little 300-square-foot studio apartment in Beckley, West Virginia, I started to read my Bible. Uh, started for the first time seriously, started to read uh, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. And uh, God led me to Chicago to pursue ministry through comedy and through performing. Thank you for that. It's a lot. Thank you. It's yeah. um, good. Um, man. So is, <laughs> I'm glad you made it out of that, um, that phase. Um, did you ever seek any professional help? for, for those issues? I did once. Um, yeah. so I, I was at a, a routine, uh, you know, doctor's appointment and I said, you know, something I really need to ask about is, um, I've had these thoughts and, you know, I've been wrestling with this and this was after I'd graduated college. So I'd already been through probably about 12 years of, of this, uh, 17 year journey. And I said, I, I probably need to talk to somebody. So they referred me to a, uh, a therapist or a psychiatrist or whatever he was. And I went to one appointment and in that appointment, he interviewed me. And then uh, for about 30 minutes, he told me all the reasons why I shouldn't be depressed. And I'm like, I know I shouldn't be. That's why I'm here. I don't need to be reminded that I shouldn't be. So I, I felt really let down and I felt like, well, this is the one time I reached out and instead of offering me any practical mm. help, it was, um, you shouldn't feel this way. Look at all this good stuff you have going on, all this stuff that you're doing, all this stuff you're a part of. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So I walked out of there, never paid my copay. <laughs> um, and, uh, it was, that, that was the one time. And, um, I had uh, gone to church and been to a church camp uh, when I was younger. So I had some seeds that, and, and a, a little bit of knowledge about the Bible, but it mm -hmm. wasn't until 2013 when I finally let God get a hold of me that I realized, oh, this is what it means to pursue the Lord. So thank you for that again. Um, I'm sorry the therapy thing didn't work out. Uh, they're not all awesome <laughs> right uh, i know some personally they're not awesome um so uh, i'm sorry that didn't work out I, I, I did you try yeah. again or was it just you went straight to to church after that uh so that was uh probably 2004 or 5 
or I know actually uh, thinking about it, that was probably 2007, which was uh, sometime after my uh, my first marriage had ended and uh, the divorce was final. That's when I thought I needed help because you know there were times when I was by myself. At that time, I was working for a newspaper, and there were times where the ditch or the the cliff of the mountain looked really good. Mm. And tough times, man. Yeah, tough yeah. times. And so I was like, I, I should do something. And so I, 2007, I went to the doctor. And and again, this is like you said, there are some that are, are really good and there's some that are not, just like any yeah. profession. There's amazing yeah. pastors. And then there's some that should never even touch a pulpit to dust it, much less preach from it. Um, <laughs> well, that's, a, that, that's subjective. But yes, but um, no, I, I highly recommend, um, besides anything that happens with, between us today and what the conversation, anything, uh, I, I do recommend seeking that out. I mean, that's important. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry that happened, man. That's, uh, that sucks. It's yeah. really hard to deal with. Um, uh, man. Yeah. No personal stuff. So, um, when you, when you say God got a hold of him or got a hold of you, how, what do you mean by that exactly? In my case, it was me finally realizing that the still small voice was him and it wasn't my cowardice. For many years, Mm -hmm. as I was battling depression and suicide, there was that small voice that would, you know, tell me not to do it. And I always thought that small voice was the cowardice in me for like not being committed enough or not being brave enough to take that final step. But it was God whispering in the in the storm saying, hey, take one more step, take one more breath, live one more day. And so finally in 2013, when um, I was I was actually I was walking to work and there was these two Bible kids out there, Bible school kids out there. They had no reason to be there other than the divine appointment of God finally trying to, you know, the last ditch effort to get my attention because uh, there there was a nobody out on the street. It was a Saturday morning around nine o'clock. I was late for work, walking to work, but they stopped me and offered to pray for me. But I gave them, you know, I gave them the, uh, the spiritual Heisman, you know, just said, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, but they gave me a, a Bible tract, which is, uh, you know, those little comics with the gospel mm-hmm. message. And, uh, you know, went to work, got home and I realized, okay, God's reaching out to me. All the stuff that seems to be going wrong are signs that God's getting ready to move me. Uh, like I said, it was in Beckley, West Virginia, nothing wrong, not, not disparaging West Virginia. It just were, it wasn't where God wanted me. And so, you know, over the course of a few months, my truck got broken into a couple of times, nothing stolen, mm-hmm. just, uh, had to replace my driver's side window twice within two months. Um, and, and in two different locations, I was parked in one parking lot one night a, a parking garage the other night and it was just God allowing some inconveniences to happen and to all kind mm-hmm. of point me to leave West Virginia. And when I finally got home that day after meeting those uh, Bible school kids, I said, all right, God, I, I get it. What's, what's going on? What's next? And so it was a point uh, of me. Uh, Dave, thank you. Dave, yeah. I'm going to pause you right there real quick. Thank you though. This is, this is, this is in a, interesting. So w- when God, allowed broken windows and stuff to happen to to tell you to leave the area do you do you think there would have been an easier way for god to tell you to leave the area there were plenty of easy ways i just wasn't listening so if god 
showed up at your door and said, hey, dude, I'm, I'm the guy you've been talking to. It's time to leave this area. Would you do it? Possibly if I, if I had a burning bush moment or a... Uh, yeah, you know, instead of loss and property damage and heartache and stress and fear because, you know, they're going to break in again. I mean, it w- would have been easier and more loving, I think. It would have been showing up and saying, hey, Dave, let's get out of here, man. This place sucks. <laughs> I don't know. That, I just To me, that just seems like it would be an easier choice. Uh, but go ahead with your story. Sorry, the, the Bible guys. Yeah, uh, so uh, after, uh, you know, they... They were obviously a divine appointment. It was something that God's ordained. Um, and, you know, like, you know, to your point, you know, were there easier ways? Yeah, of course. But would it have had the desired effect? Would it have had what do you mean? the transformative? Like, you know, God uh, will allow things uh, throughout the Bible. He, you know, you see where, you know, he allowed Job to be tested, but it ended up being for God's glory. And I was... You know, I not saying that I was Joe because I wasn't a righteous man at all, but certain things had to happen for me to realize that, okay, there's something wrong. I'm missing something. And that something is a, a, a true pursuit of God through his son, Jesus. Or if an and, angel showed up, if Jesus showed up, I think these would have been more convincing things to you. But like that, that, like you said, that burning bush moment, I think that would have been a lot right. more um, kinder way to do it (laughs) i mean if we're friends here and we're we're in like a buddy buddy relationship i'm gonna tell you straight up dude let's get out of here let's i'm not gonna break your windows oh he's gonna he's gonna get out of here eventually nope nope damn it okay i'm gonna break another window you know i mean as a buddy that that just doesn't sound like a logical uh a thing to do yeah but But you mentioned job sorry you had mentioned job and 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 job is an interesting story because in that story besides the whole satan god bet thing um, God does kill his kids. God kills Job's kids and his servants and uh, his livestock and whatnot. And then you said it's for God's glory. How does that work for you? Well, I, I think in the story, it, God allowed Satan to test Job through the. Well, God allowed Satan to kill people. So God did it. I mean, I mean if I allowed the bad guy to go do something i'm the one responsible if i have control over the bad guy and what he does right i mean I, I mean, yeah i mean so god is yeah, he's got to be responsible at some point in there it's some part of it but anyways people died and and it's all for god's glory how does that work it's uh because now i have a testimony i have you know a story of how i ignored god's call and and throughout scripture god reached people in different ways uh, he talked through a donkey one time. Uh, he talked through a burning bush one time. Uh, he's talked through angels a couple of times. So there's no, uh, he doesn't work by formula. Hmm. So each case, each testimony, each story is going to be different. And so my story was different. It wasn't an angel coming upon me moment. It wasn't a burning bush moment. It was God suffering and pain. To... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's suffering through that. I can't even imagine. I had that happen once. It was like two nights in a row. I set up booby traps. Long story. Caught the guy. It was crazy. But no, I can't even imagine. It was fearful. I I, I was I didn't get any sleep. I don't know how you yeah. go through it, man. That's, that sucks. Sorry you went through that. Yeah. And like I wouldn't I said, do that to you, Dave. Just say I, I, I wouldn't yeah, do that gotcha. to you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, his ways aren't our ways. There there's a reason for it. There's there's something I can't think of a good one though. Can you think of a good one? <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, that's not my job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if it's not logical, but the whole glow for his glory thing, that's the, I think that's the thing that really kind of bothers me a little bit here. All of that death was for his glory. Job's whole thing was for his glory. Why is that a good thing? It shows that God God is faithful to restore what is taken, no matter what happens in this fallen, broken world, that God will, can restore if we just uh, rely on him and don't try to do hmm. it under our own power. So did God bring Job, back his kids? And did God bring back the servants that died? He, he replaced them. The the ones re- that So they weren't the same ones. They weren't the same ones, but God restored hmm. Job. Well, I would and, be pretty pissed off if God took my kids and then tried to replace them with some other kids. Well, if God called them, if God called them home to heaven, if they if they were on the streets of gold for you know those 10, 15, 30 years, whatever it was, I'd then, still be upset. That's a blessing to them. Huh? <laughs> I'd still be upset. He took that from yeah. me, and he thinks he's going to replace it with some other kids and make me happy. I'd still be upset. I'm just if I was Joe, just saying, I'd be an upset person. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's that's the flesh. That's the uh, the battle between. Uh, you know, God's logic and God's mind and, and the human mind. It's huh. the same thing as, as like, uh, uh, do, do you have kids? I do. Yes, I do. Are there things that you've done that your kids are like, dad, that doesn't make sense, but you knew it <laughs> made sense. That's just cause I'm old. That's just, that's the answer to that. I don't, I don't yeah. understand half the things I don't understand what the hell they're doing. I don't even understand their music. <laughs> oh my God. I, I trained them better than this. I don't know right. what they're listening to. <laughs> That's beside the point. We're getting off track. <laughs> but yes, yeah, kids. I, mean, I have kids. Yeah. Uh, I have three cats who uh, very much like we do to God. They ignore my existence unless they need something. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, but yeah, having kids is kind of a very good measure of how our relationship with God is. There are things that our parents do uh-huh. in love and that we don't understand that we may never get, but ultimately a good father, a good mother is wanting the best, not immediately, but for their life. And God sees life a lot longer than we do. We have 80, 120 years, maybe. God does sees he know that we're going to think, does he know that we're going to see it as a bad thing or, or a sad thing? Does he know that? Yeah. So why did he make us that way? Why did he make us with flawed logic and not able to understand him. I mean, we, we, we got the Bible says that Yahweh is not the author of confusion. Right. So in, in the Job story, I'm very confused. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'm confused about, but the Job story in particular we're talking about right now, I mean, it's very confusing why he would do these things. Um, and, well, and, and the, the door was opened by Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve opened the door to sin by allowing themselves be convinced that they wanted to be like God. And so by opening the door to sin, that's why all this is possible. Had had we, from the beginning, fully trusted God, and when God said, don't touch that tree, and we listened. But we, like kids, the second you say, don't touch that, suddenly that becomes attractive. So I'm sure you... Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no. <laughs> There's, I have a whole gummy worm scenario we'll leave out this time. But, but the whole thing that I want to address right now is, if my kids screw up once, which is going to happen, I know, yeah. the first time they screw up, I'm not going to punish them and their kid and their kids' kids and their kids' 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 kids. kids, kids, kids. I'm not, it's not going to be an eternal punishment. 
And then the punishments that he dishes out, I think, are very unfair and unjust. Uh, he makes the snake eat dirt. I mean, that's just sad. Horrible. Anyways, so again, the punishment for the kids. If my kid screws up once, I'm not going to hold it against him for the rest of his life. If your cat screws up once, he poops outside the litter box. Are you going to hold it for the hold it against him for the rest of his life? No, I uh, oh. like God. I provide a clean litter box, which is an, a way out of future problems. No, no, no. Are you going to punish them until you clean the litter box? No, no. So Are you going they, to punish them unless you clean the litter box? I, I don't follow. Are you going to punish them unless you clean the litter box? Unless that litter box is cleaned, they're going to continue to be punished for that. No, the no. the clean litter box is the is right. the way out of future mistakes. Why would we not choose. continue to punish them for the litter box? This is fun. I love this. This is great. I've never <laughs> used this analogy my entire life. <laughs> well, yeah. You yell at the, well, you yell again. I can't. Don't do that. And yeah. and the sin. If you are want you to punishing the cat though while it's doing that? Are you going to punish the cat if if you don't clean the litter box? No. Okay. God I mean, does though. God's going to punish us if we do, if he doesn't get a clean litter box. If if oh. Jesus doesn't die and coat us with sin or with his blood or innocent animals don't die on a thingy, God was going to continue to be angry at us as his wrath is going to be upon us until that litter right. box is cleaned. Sure. Does that because sound logical? One, well, we're not being punished because of Adam and Eve's sin. We're being punished because of our own. That's why children who die or who are killed, who are murdered, who have never had the chance to be held accountable for their sin, they go straight oh. to heaven. Well, all have sinned and, and fallen a... short of the the glory of God, right? Right. But children so... are also exempt because they don't oh. have, they're not able to make that decision. A, a toddler can't say, I'm a sinner and I, I need to accept Jesus. So there is an age of accountability that the Bible talks about. Where's that So at? I have yet to see that. Where's that at? I, I don't have it off the top of my head. I'm yeah, sorry. I hear that a lot, I but I, I've, I've, I've not seen it. No, I love it. Thank yeah. you, though. I appreciate it. Uh, no, I'm not prepared most of the time anyway, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but, I mean, but, I don't I don't see it in there, the age of accountability. What I do see is that we're all born sinful. Um, and right. then We're all, yeah, we're all born into sin. That's why Jesus yeah. was conceived of the Holy Spirit and not through a man-woman uh, sexual relation because that sin is a curse. It's like a cancer that's passed down generation to generation. And so Jesus to be able to become fully God, fully man had to be conceived supernaturally without any attachment to the sin of man. And th that's why the, the sin is credited to Adam because he was the head of the house. He's the head. And that's why it couldn't be a man to conceive Jesus it had to be a Holy Spirit conception so that the sin of uh, the cancer of sin can't be passed down to Jesus. Hey, that's very it's it's very drawn out for no reason. Why does he have to do all that? Why can't he just make Jesus? Why, why, why does he have to do all? He can't do this. He can't do that. It's got to be this way. It's got to be that way. It's very strange. So why does he have yeah. all of these specific rules set in place? That's a question that I'm sure we'll be answering uh, when we get uh, get there, because you know, there obviously we think that there are different ways. Just like our kids will think, well, there's a different way he could have punished me. There's a different way he could have. And, and done if they this or that. and if it makes sense and they bring it to me, hundred percent, I'll I will think about it and I'll be like, all right, sure. yeah, 
Yeah, understandable. That was pretty harsh. Just, I won't do just that. Just like again. Abraham. Just like Abraham standing at the uh, gates of Sodom and Gomorrah said, he was telling God, God, if you find 10 righteous, will you really destroy the city for 10? And he negotiated with God. And because he pleaded, God said, you know what? I'll give you this one, Abraham. I'll change my mind on this. God changed his mind. What ended up happening with that story, though? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember that even after Abraham pleaded and begged and God relented, God still came back and, and judged those who were in immoral sin, who came to rape angels. The men of that city came to rape angels. So yeah. God's like, okay, you guys, judgment. So what happened to the women and children that were in that city? They fell under the same judgment. They they were just as wicked. Wow. They Well, they weren't at the door trying to rape angels. All the men of the city were. I mean, it doesn't really speak about the, the women and children, all the unborn babies and nursing infants and dogs and cats and all those other things that were destroyed along with the wicked men. And then there's Lot, the guy that offered up his own daughters to be raped. Right. I mean, that, I mean, that's pretty horrible. And then later on raped his own daughters uh, in the cave. They raped him. They drunk. That's they not how their... drinking works. Come on, Dave. That's just blaming the women. That's exactly what that is. Oh, she got me drunk. Come on, Dave. <laughs> the Bible actually says that they got their father. They got drunk. him drunk. Well, we've all been drunk. We've all been there. Yeah, it, it's a, a terrible story that has terrible consequences because the, it is the, a terrible story. Yes, I, we we agree. Yes, and it's also it's one that could easily be taken out of context if you don't read the full Bible and think that it's an endorsement of incest, which it really is not. Wow, where did you? No, I don't think it's an endorsement of incest. I've never heard that but, as an, an endorsement of incest. That's just a message. That was just me making a point because some okay, people will okay. take one verse, one passage, one paragraph and say, oh, this is what God said. But it's like, no, you got to read the full story and realize that the yeah. offspring of, of Lot's daughters became well, enemies uh, of God. Yeah. It kind of sounds like the Israelites were writing stories about their enemies. These guys became uh, a nation out of incest. So look at them. Look how horrible they are. That's what it sounds like to me, kind of. Uh, as that in that aspect, yeah, from a fleshly perspective, uh, but also Histor- historical. What's that? It's more of a st- historical aspect of, to it, you know, yeah. reading into the context and where it came from and all that. The context, yeah. I, I believe, the context is definitely important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, is there? Thank you. This has been a blast. We're going to end it here pretty soon, but I do have another question okay. for you though before we go. Sure. Um, is there anything inside the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? There are things that challenge me, yeah. Um, you know, I like like you. There are times where I'm like, wow, you know that that, that you know it's to my my perspective, it seems like a harsh judgment. But at the same time, I'm not a holy, perfect God. So as a child, I have to just trust my father that huh. he knows what what he's doing. So, like, but if the know, father is abusive, I mean, we're not going to trust him at that point, right? Look. Who's well? Have you ever spanked your kids? That's different than what God well, how does. Is that different? How does is that God different? spank us, and is it a temporary thing, or does He give us an eternal punishment, or if does we... He give us cancers and hurricanes and stuff like that, which is different from a spanking? He right? allows the natural consequences of our choices, and many, and our choices are sinful. None of us is righteous. 
Unless. So what about the punishment, though? I'm talking about the punishment. Does the does the punishment fit the crime? Rejecting God for your entire natural life uh, is then punished by going to hell because you've chosen hell. No, I've chosen to reject God. I haven't chosen to burn forever. I've chosen to reject God. Why do I have to burn forever now? Do my kids have to burn forever if I reject if they reject me? No, but they have the free will to choose God. And if you don't choose God, then you've chosen the alternative. I just don't see the love in that. I don't see that as a loving, kind being that that uh, as a father, as a loving father, as a loving father of cats. If your cats chose not to love you, you wouldn't choose to burn them. No, they would have chosen. Right. So, so you would have. Right, so, yeah. so here, who set here, up the rule, though, Dave? Who set up the rule that we go to hell or we go to heaven? Who set up that rule? That was set up at, with the fall of, of Satan. And God his set that rule up. God set sure. up everything. God's in control, right? This is his story. This is his arc, you know? So God set it up this way. Correct? So God said, live with me or live without me. No, he said, that, live that with me or burn forever. Right? That's... I mean, those are the options. I don't think those are very good options, Dave. I think those are very, I don't think that's very loving. If my kids didn't love me, they wanted to spend their entire life away from me. Even if they hated my guts, like if they saw me, they wanted to murder me. That's how much they hated me. You know what? If I had the ultimate power, what I would do, I would give them their own world away from me. If that's what they want, I would make them happy somewhere else. I wouldn't burn them alive forever, Dave. I don't think that's a very good idea. But they, but they have a choice. That's the problem. That is the thing. You're thinking from a God has a choice. perspective. God has a choice whether to send people to hell or heaven or create an entire world that's different that they can just be away from him and happy somewhere else. He has those choices, but he has chosen love me or burn forever. And I don't think that's a very loving father. Yep. So here's the thing. We're, we're talking from a natural man's logic. That's all I can use, Dave. It's all I can use. (laughs) I don't know what else to use. (laughs) But we also have a book that tells the story of a God that has time and time again shown patience for people who constantly reject and reject his rules. Where's the patience? Please tell me, where's the patience? Noah's flood. Where's the patience in Noah's flood? How long did it take uh, Noah to build the ark? I don't know. How long did it take him? I can't remember. About 125 years. So the people of Noah's day had 125 years to realize, oh, we're living in rebellion to God. The people in this little area. But the whole planet, the whole planet was flooded, right? Not just the little area Noah was from, right? And Noah doesn't have a cell phone. Noah doesn't even have a telegraph. Noah doesn't have a homing pigeon. Noah doesn't have all that stuff to warn the entire planet. So 125 years or not. There are still people on the other side of the globe that are about to be killed that have no idea Noah's building an ark. Were there, though? Were was there? the whole planet flooded? The whole planet was flooded, mm-hmm. yes. And, but yeah. were there people on the other side of the planet? Most likely. How do you know? I don't know. Right. Okay. So all the the population is So he warned the entire was... planet or, or the, the entire population of the planet, which was that small area. Is that what you're saying? The small area was. I'm saying the world was flooded. Okay. All living creatures that were not on the ark were were perished. Be so much love. <laughs> and yeah. patience. I mean, and patience. Drown those puppies and kittens. 
<laughs> Dave, I don't see it. It's not love and patience. That's the opposite of love and patience. When I think of somebody who drowns puppies and kittens and, and fetuses and, and nursing kids, I don't see patience. I don't see love. I see the opposite. Yeah, because we're you're thinking from the fallen logic of man. How else am I supposed to think, Dave? The Bible tells us, bro. The Bible <laughs> says that God is loving, God is eternal, and he's been proven time and time again for that. But he drowns the planet. Every, When's every the, when is every... the love, though? Show me the love again. Okay, so we got the, the planet part where he saves Noah and a few people, but drowns the entire planet. Cats can come in the video. I love it. Bring them in. <laughs> I'll bring my dog in. We'll do it. <laughs> God's no. concern is yeah. our eternal being. God's is our eternal soul, our eternal being, and He's not concerned about the natural. He, the natural, is our chance to learn about Him so that we can spend eternity with Him. Cats, dogs, puppies—all these—they're beautiful. They're amazing. They're wonderful creatures. They're gifts from God, but they don't have souls that will be saved for eternity. God's worried about our heart, our soul, our spirit. And that's what he's fighting for. He's not fighting for fighting for animals. Fighting for. Why is he fighting? Like, why does he have to fight? He's an all-powerful God. But you, go ahead. Sorry, you were doing a really good job. That's that's a really good answer. I, I, I enjoy that answer. Um, go ahead. I, I yeah. do have a question about it, though. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. What's your question? Well, you you said you mentioned learning about him. He he's all about saving our souls and whatnot. Um, there's a lot we can go there as far as why would he create people that he has to destroy. Um, but you, you talked about learning about him. If we use the Bible to learn about him, what I have learned is that he drowns the entire planet out of anger or disappointment. Regret, actually, is what he says. I regret making people. Um, because they were evil. They were debauched. Right. Why would an all-knowing God need to regret anything? He, he would already the know word, the, the outcome. The word, is, the word is repent, meaning that you turn away from, which is what he did. Repent mean isn't like he was sad and he was shocked that oh my gosh I made a Why mistake. Why would he be shocked? He knew this was going to happen. He, I though. just want to tell you he wasn't shocked. He knew it oh. would happen, so he gave them 125 years as <laughs> Noah's building an ark, and people came mocked Noah like Why are you building this? You know, blah, blah, blah. they did not know or understand that they had to get on board the ark. They didn't want to get on board the ark. They were happy in their sin. They were well, happy probably happy not debacle. being in the boat stuffed with animals that probably smelled bad, too. <laughs> and maybe Noah was kind of a little crazy guy. Wasn't he a drunkard? He liked to drink a lot. I wouldn't want to be around him, probably. I don't know. Well, he got well, drunk at, at he got drunk one one recorded time after one... the, the... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I know. I, I love know it. if he was a drunkard. Um, so drunk did God... One... That was great. We'll talk about that story. It was a great story, too. Um uh, so did God come down and tell the people that he was going to flood them? Did God come down and warn the people, or did he just have Noah build an ark for 125 years? He had Noah build the ark, and that was the warning. So God is so right. concerned about everybody's soul, but he doesn't come down to tell everybody, hey, I'm the one true God. I'm about to flood the planet. This guy's building the ark. Get on that boat. I mean, that would be a logical thing to do if you want to save everybody. If you're there to save everybody's soul, show up. I think that'd be a right. good start. <laughs> but what's the price of admission to be saved? Uh, just, just being a human or 
being righteous because Noah was the one righteous you're, person left. You're a creation of God. God loves all of his creations, does he not? He does. Does he not want to but save us all? His will is that none would he perish, but needs to show up, Dave. Him. He did. <laughs> to Jesus, not to Noah's people. He didn't show up before that ark and to, you know give him the grand tour. Hey, this is where you could sleep, and this is over here where we can all go Bible study. Well, there's no such thing as a Bible right now, but you'll get it later. You know, stuff like that. Anyways, I'm going off on a deep end here. But you know what I mean? If he showed up, mean. it would have been a lot better. It, I'd be more convinced that he wanted to have a relationship with these people or myself. And there, there is logic in the human realm for that. And I know that you said that's all you can deal with. <laughs> it is, man. But, it is. It's all I got. But the Bible is also very clear. Lean not on your own understanding and that God will use the foolish to confound the wise. And so when humans think that they understand and know better than God, he'll use his mm. wisdom to, to show them foolish. Well... Dave, from what I've seen of his wisdom, I'm not too fond of it. But uh, what am I? I don't understand. I'm just a human. He made me this way. Dave, this has been fun. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your answers and your patience. Go ahead and yeah. plug where you're at and uh, your your ministry and comedy and all that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, get in contact with me, uh, you can find me at uh, walversecomedy.com or giftsforglory.com. Gifts, the number four, glory.com. And for anybody that is struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts, uh, or if you have a family member that is going through that and you need a voice, uh, a shoulder to cry on, somebody that uh, that can walk through that valley with you, I'd love to contact you or or hear from you so that we can walk uh, through it together. And you can email me at dave at giftsforglory.com. And it's not uh, for me to just copy and paste a bunch of scripture, uh, just uh, to have somebody that kind of understands uh, what's going on and uh, wants to be there with you and walk through that valley with you. Thanks, Dave. I think your heart's yep. in the right place. Definitely, everybody, seek professional help if you are thinking thoughts of that nature. Please. Yep. Um, this has been fun, Dave. Appreciate it. Yep. We'll stay in touch. All right. Absolutely. Take care. God bless. Bye, man. there is for you today. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also find clips of the show on TikTok under BSW the Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the Podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will get you early access to each episode by at least three days, stickers, shirts, and shoutouts. That's patreon.com forward slash BSW the Podcast. For the latest events, BSW swag, including signed copies of The Bible Says What the Book, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them?
The Veterans Crisis Line connects... <laughs> every time, every time, every time.